When you think of the smells of Christmas, most people conjure up memories from their childhood of preparing cookies, sitting by a freshly cut tree, or gathering in front of a roaring, crackling fire. Venezuelan Christmas doesn't smell like cinnamon, nor does it smell like spruce, peppermint, or firewood. It smells predominantly like plantain leaves. This is a dish that combines three different cultures, a Catholic bishop and political unrest. So let's explore the exciting and interesting history and origins of this beautifully wrapped Venezuelan Christmas gift, Ayacas. Welcome to another serving of Seasons Eatings, the podcast which explores the history and origins of your favorite Christmas foods. Seasons Eatings can be found wherever you download your favorite podcasts. If you haven't already, I would ask you to subscribe. That way you won't miss an episode when it's released and all future episodes will be available without you having to search for them. And if you can please take a minute and leave me a five-star review, I would greatly appreciate it. And if you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eating sticker as a personal thank you. And if you can't leave a review, then all I ask is to share this podcast with anyone you think will love to learn more about our favorite Christmas foods. Seasons Eatings is also found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All the links can be found in the show notes, which can be found on SeasonsEatingsPodcast.com. While you're there, you can buy me a coffee. Just click on the little coffee cup at the top of the page and leave a donation for as little as $3. Each donation is used for the running of the podcast and its general upkeep, so any help will be wonderful. Finally, you can let me know how I'm doing, leave a suggestion for a future episode, or just say hello at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. All links can be found in the show notes. A small note for this episode, please forgive me if I don't pronounce the Spanish as a native speaker. I apologize in advance to Manny from Feliz Christmas, Merry Navidad, and Jerry from Totally Rad Christmas. Ayaka is a special dish which brings us all together. Ayaka has a long preparation process, so it needs to be prepared by a group of people. In Venezuela, the entire family or a group of friends get together, put on some gaita music, which is the type of music that Venezuelans listen to during Christmas, and start preparing this spectacular mix of flavors and colors. Each single family has their secret way of preparing this dish, And every single person will say, there's no other ayaka like the one that my mom or grandmother and so on prepares. The ayaka is a point of family pride, something that identifies every single Venezuelan like a family coat of arms. These succulent cousins of the regionally ubiquitous tamal showcase a syncretic array of layered flavors and sophisticated techniques. The dish incorporates elements from three major groups that were brought together as a result of Spanish colonization and the slave trade. 
corn masa from the Americas, a Baroque stew which includes olives, capers, almonds, and raisins from Spain, and plantain leaves that were introduced to the continent by European settlers after their discovery of the vegetal species during prior African expeditions. I can't think of another Venezuelan dish with a historical narrative of this magnitude, says Marisel Presilla, James Beard award-winning author of Gran Cochina Latina, a magnum opus of Latin American gastronomy. The history of the dish is shrouded in legend, with accounts that tell the story of how enslaved peoples from the Gulf of Guinea and Angola used scraps from the master's table to concoct a stew with, with which to stuff pockets of masa made from freshly pounded corn. Presilla goes on to describe it as a dish of transition, one that is clearly criollo, a true amalgamation of the many cultural influences that define the country. Presilla, who, aside from being a culinary expert and restaurateur, also holds a doctorate in medieval history from New York University explains how the dish did not debut as a Christmas tradition, saying that in its many variations, ayakas were eaten with relative frequency. However, the period of shortage that followed the Venezuelan War of Independence in 1823 left citizens without the direct supply chain that had characterized the colony's special relationships with the former Spanish Empire. Ayakas were thus reserved for special festivities, none more important than Christmas for the now Catholic inhabitants of the region. Yet the role of the Ayaka in Venezuelan identity far transcends its historical provenance. In spite of following a similar formula, Ayakas have the particularity of varying not just from region to region, but from home to home. People from the eastern shores of the country are known to include stingray meat in their version, and pigeon peas are added to the stew by residents of the vast and central grasslands called Llanos Venezuelanos. Ayaca is a Mesoamerican tamal-like dish that goes by various names and spread throughout the Spanish kingdoms in the Americas as far south as Argentina in the decades following the conquest. It is said to have been invented by slaves during the colonial era. The slaves would prepare the Christmas Eve meal for the landowners, and with leftover meat, they made the yakas filling for their own Christmas meal. They put the leftovers of their master's Christmas festivities in a bit of cornmeal dough, wrapped this with banana leaves, and cooked to mix the flavors. As many things in the country, the ayaka has the influence of three cultures. The white one, the European ingredients like raisins, nuts, and olives. The native one, the cornmeal colored with anato seeds. And the black one, banana leaves used to cook the food. The original ayaka is made with meat, usually pork, poultry, beef, crisp pork rind, etc., and boiled eggs. The ayaka tastes better once it is cooled. It requires hours of preparation but is usually prepared by the whole family. Its preparation is a celebration by itself. Music and drinks make up the festive atmosphere. Mothers nagging children as they steal bits of fillings from the table, and the guys complaining of being relegated to the leaf cleaning and the last minute shopping are typical during the ayaka making party. 
One version of the dish's origin tale has it that the daughter of the land-owning family asked to taste the ayakas. She and her family liked the dish so much, they requested for it to be made for their dinner party and ever since it's been part of the traditional holiday meal for all economic classes. There are different versions about the origin of the word ayaka. According to Adolfo Ernst, the word ayaka evolved from the indigenous Guarani language, stemming from the verb ayua or aguar, meaning to mix or blend. From there, the construction ayuaka, being mixed things, developed to ayaka, and ultimately to ayaka with a double L, using Spanish silent H when written. Others say this word comes from the word ayaka of the indigenous group Tupi Guarani, which means lump. Another version presumes that the word comes from an aboriginal language of the west of the country, whose meaning is wrapping or biote. Others says that the word came from the Spanish word there, ala, from the stew prepared with ingredients that came from abroad, and here, aca, from the corn dough and the banana leaf found in Venezuela. The word was combined and refined, becoming ayaca. The ayaca comes back from the colonization era, around the 15th and 16th century. The slaves and the indigenous servants filled their corn dough cake with leftovers that their oppressors didn't eat. Also, it's said that the Spaniards tried to improve the Aztec tamal, adding their ingredients to the cake filling. When the road, called El Camino de los Españoles, from the coastal town of La Guarilla port to the capital Caracas was under construction, the workers were generally natives, and they used to eat buns made of pure corn. Now, it's known that eating only pure corn can lead to a vitaminosis, an illness called pelagra. The population was asked to donate the rest of their everyday food to those natives so they would fill their buns with leftovers. The story goes that one Christmas the Caracas bishop asked the population to change their over-the-top way of celebrating, and instead of wasting huge amounts of food and drink during the holiday season, he asked them to eat like the natives, who were working on the road, by filling their buns with leftovers. The Criollos, who were the descendants of the Spanish but born in the American continent, were fearful of God and accepted the demand of the bishop and started to make their own versions of what we know now as the ayaka, with each one tastier than the other. There's an expression of one of the greatest intellectuals, Arturo Uslar Pietri in Venezuela during the 20th century, who said the following, Ayaka is an exemplary way of understanding the mix of cultures, because inside that cake, there are raisins and olives from the Romans and Greeks, the caper and the almond from the Arabs, the beef cattle from the colonizer captains from Castilla, and the corn and the banana leaves from the natives. The earliest use of the word in the modern sense is in a 1781 document of Italian missionary linguist Filippo Salvatore Ghiri. Ayaka filling is more elaborate than the standard tamale filling. Ingredients differ from region to region and from family to family, but may include a combination of beef, pork, bacon, lard, onion, sweet pepper, 
red pepper, scallions, garlic, salt, pepper, oregano, cumin, and some type of cooking wine or vinegar. In the version from the Venezuelan Andes, ayaca are made with guiso crudo, which differ from other versions because the meat filling is not pre-cooked. Some versions of the filling include leeks, Worcestershire sauce, mustard pickles, vanilla, or dark brown sugar. The stew is simmered over low heat slowly for several hours. In Aruba and Curaçao, two islands just off the coast of the Falcon State, Venezuela, it is called ayaca with a K or ayaca with a C. The ingredients are pork and chicken stew, capers, raisins, cashews, bell pepper, pickled baby onions, prunes, and olives. The dough is made from white cornmeal, and the ayaka leaves first spread with lard or oil. Cooked meat and the other ingredients are then wrapped in the leaves, tied with string, and then boiled for about two hours. Flavors in the ayaka vary from family to family, and some add Madame Jeanette peppers, which are very hot. So grab some friends and gather round, because now we'll find out how ayakas are made after the break. What's up, dudes? I'm Jerry D of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, books, fashion, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, he's got it covered. Wait, is there a lot of things to talk about for the 80s and Christmas? Well, you got the movie giants like Christmas Vacation, Scrooge, and A Christmas Story. There are TV specials like Muppet Family Christmas, Claymation Christmas Celebration, and a Garfield Christmas Special. Plus classics shown every year. You also jam out to Last Christmas, Do They Know It's Christmas, and Christmas in Hollis. But most of all, it was a time for the most bodacious, best-selling Christmas toys ever, like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and Cabbage Patch Kids. Yes, them too. We cover them all, plus much more, including standard segments like Hap Hap Happiest Memory, Gagging with the Spoon, The Other Half of the Battle, and Chant with the Littles. So tune in to Totally Rad Christmas everywhere you get your podcasts. Turn the clock back and dive into those warm and fuzzy memories. Later, dudes! Hi, this is Manny from Feliz Christmas, Merry Navidad, the bilingual, multilingual Christmas podcast. In our podcast, you will hear about foods, traditions, how this 2020 Christmas will be interesting, especially from six feet away, and many more new surprises. Join me on the road to Christmas, along with many guest hosts from other podcasts from the Christmas Podcast Network. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, or just search for us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at FCMN Podcast. Or visit our website, fcmnpodcast.com. Feliz Christmas, Merry Navidad. December, extended family units from all over the country come together to partake of the ritual of ayaka making. It's an elaborate, episodic process with a time frame that typically spans two to three days from start to finish. The endeavor requires assembly lines of family members, young and old. 
The first step is selecting and readying the ingredients, of which there are upwards of 20. Plantain leaves had to be lightly roasted, cleaned, and cut. Broths have to be made. Lard has to be rendered and infused with achiote seeds. Vegetables have to be finely chopped, and meats have to be parboiled and cut up into small pieces. Some Venezuelans forego the comforts of modernity provided by pre-cooked corn flour and choose to make the masa from scratch. For them, the task of soaking the kernels is added to the initial list of steps. Next is the making of the stew, in which layers of flavor are carefully crafted by incorporating ingredients at different stages. The achiote-infused lard acts as the medium in which the vegetables are sautéed and the sauce is formed. First garlic, then onions, followed by leeks, scallions, peppers, tomatoes, cane sugar, paprika, capers, sweet wine, vinegar, Worcestershire sauce, gherkins, and salt, all of which reduce until there's virtually no moisture left in the pot. To this base, the three meats are added, chicken, beef, and pork, along with the cuayo, a thickening agent made up of corn flour dissolved in chicken broth or water. It's a long and sluggish procedure, one that could easily be started at 8.30 in the morning and concluded past 6 in the afternoon. The stew is then allowed to cool and macerate until the following day. But that's not all for day one. The next task at hand is preparing the sliced onions and peppers, hard-boiled eggs, almonds, olives, and raisins, subject to familial variation, that accompany the guiso inside the ayaka. The following day is relatively less grueling. While the masa for ayakas is slightly different than the one used for the cotodian arepa, kneading it should come as second nature to most Venezuelans. This version is made all the more pliable by the copious amounts of achiote-infused lard that are worked into it. These typically are made by the hundreds, so yes, the amount needs to be copious. The deep orange hue of the achiote gives the masa a vibrancy befitting the celebration for which it is made, and chicken broth is used instead of water to further flavor it. This is where the assembly line comes into play. One person wipes a plantain leaf with the achiote infused lard, pass. The next person adds a small amount of masa, pass. The next person flattens it to a disc, pass. The next person adds a generous scoop of guiso, pass. The next person adds the garnishes, pass. The next person folds and wraps the ayaka, the last pass, at the end of the line, someone receives the bundle, ties it up with white butcher's twine in a distinctive pattern that plays both a functional and an aesthetic role. Now, imagine that times a hundred, or two. Venezuelans eat ayacas during the Christmas period on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. The ayacas are taken out of the banana leaf and are usually enjoyed with ensalada de gallina pan de jamón, and ponche crema. Traditionally, natives in Venezuela use banana leaves, which is how they came to be used for ayacas. Plantain and banana leaves are used in several cultures in countries where they are plentiful. They are used for cooking dishes as well as serving them, an example of these leaves being used for serving food in South Indian tali or during sadya. 
The leaves also have a religious significance in many Hindu rituals. They add a subtle aroma to dishes and are key in food preparation for ayakas. In Puerto Rican cuisine, the dish is called ayaka and used to be a popular part of the island's cuisine. Unlike the Venezuelan variety, ayaka from Puerto Rico is not made from corn, but with cassava, stock, milk, pork fat cooked with anato, and banana leaf, and then baked in a traditional open wood fire. They are typically filled with diced pork butt braised with sofrito, anato oil, olives, capers, chickpeas, raisins, and spices. The liquid is then strained into the masa. Because of the long and elaborate process and skills it takes to prepare, the ayaka is now rarely available, but is still found mostly in coastal family-owned restaurants and other small establishments known as kioscos, where there are still strong ties to native heritage and classic slow-cooking skills. The corn dough is similar to a standard arepas dough. Pork fat is melted down with anato to add color. Corn flour is kneaded together with broth, and some soft butter, and the cooled pork fat mixture is incorporated to make a soft dough with a golden color. A large plantain leaf is greased with vegetable oil and the dough is flattened on the leaf to about a quarter inch thickness. The guiso filling is topped with a combination of onion, pepper, parsley, potatoes, raisins, almonds, chickpeas, capers, green olives, hard-boiled eggs, and bacon. The leaf is tied and boiled at a low heat. As you may have gathered, making ayakas not only requires a group effort, but a financial one as well. Several of the aforementioned ingredients, notably the olives, capers, raisins, almonds, Worcestershire sauce, and sweet wine, aren't locally produced in Venezuela and have to be imported from their respective ports of origin. For many citizens of a nation battling hyperinflation since 2016, that presents a problem. Nowadays, even the local ingredients are hard to find, and to do so, people often had to rely on black market goods at black market prices. Celebrated Venezuelan chef and TV personality Sumiti Estevez described the dish as probably one of the most concrete acts of popular resistance that I've seen in the past 20 years of dictatorship. Scarcity and inflation are not phenomena of President Maduro. They go all the way back to President Chavez. Therefore, Venezuelans have grappled with shortages and inflated prices of key ayaka ingredients for at least 10 years, if not more. However, in spite of the once rich oil nation's steady social, economic, and political deterioration, there hasn't been a single year in which Venezuelans haven't made ayacas in December. Her statement conjured images of the long lines that form outside of supermarkets, as well as the empty shelves inside them, which have been commonplace since 2013. It's an image that contrasts a narrative that you can find everything you need in Venezuelan black markets. Many families living in the country have to live with that reality. If you're lucky enough to have relatives abroad, you can supplement your pantries and medicine cabinets with items as basic as canned tuna and toothpaste. People think that resisting is something that's done militantly, 
but more often than not, it's just done with grief, says Professor Ocarina Castillo d'Imperio, a gastronomic anthropologist from the Central University of Venezuela. Food in Venezuela implies resistance and resilience. In the case of a festive dish that is only eaten once a month out of the year, the defiance is more palpable. Citizens may have unwillingly given up many of their civil liberties, but they have yet to relinquish this tradition. They may need to make 40 instead of 150, but they will make them nonetheless. Ayaka is a staple of Venezuelan Christmas celebrations. Christmas meals in Venezuela would include ayacas, pastries, pan de jamón, and chicken stew. But not all families have been able to afford them during food shortages. In 2014, despite food shortages affecting the country, the Venezuelan government created an ayaca with a length of around 400 feet, a Guinness world record. In contrast to Venezuelan tradition, ayacas are popular year-round in Ecuador and several variants exist around the country's different regions. Along with yumitas, they're a staple of traditional Ecuadorian cuisine. Whether homemade or bought, eating ayacas is a group activity, one that has been severely impacted by the migratory reality of leaving behind a multitude of loved ones. The right of eating ayacas in Venezuela is an act of national communion in part due to the country's singular time zone, explaining that during the span of an hour or two, practically every Venezuelan is eating the same dish at the same time. It's something that doesn't really happen in other countries. Sharing ayacas unite a people. They are a dish that not only connects families, but connect a nation. Thank you for listening to this serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is available on Apple Podcasts, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, Deezer, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Please, if you can leave a review about the show so we can spread the Christmas cheer. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com to let me know how you like the show, suggestions for future episodes, or just to say hi. And if you let, let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eating sticker for your trouble, as well as my unwavering gratitude. And if you can't leave a review, just share the podcast with someone you know who loves the history of Christmas food. And if you're feeling extra generous this season, you can buy me a coffee. Head on over to SeasonsEatingsPodcast.com and click on the little coffee cup. All music for Seasons Eatings is used under Creative Commons license.